Welcome to Alter You Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And Jared, welcome back. It's been a couple, couple weeks. weeks. Couple weeks. About three weeks if we're counting. Yep. Three weeks ago, your last time you're in. Little snowstorm last Thursday kind of said, eh, I think I'm just going to head home. Yeah, and then you so, have to have a real job. Yeah. The time before that. But. Yeah. Those real jobs, they get you. <laughs> Can yeah. confirm. Yeah. Sorry for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Your job's real too, to it's, you. It's real enough. It's not, I, I get paid, so it's not just store credit, so that's good. Yeah. I mean, looking at what I ordered today for the store slash for me, though, it cycles through a lot, but that's okay. Hey, gotta order some stuff. Right. It's the joys of seeing all the stuff like, oh, well, I don't think the store can sell this well, but I know I can buy this. So <laughs> it happens. Uh, but welcome back, everybody, uh, listeners that are listening hopefully and maybe some new ones too i was telling people at work today to to tune in yeah maybe uh, hi adam yeah hi adam <laughs> if you're listening if you're not listening then we take it back yeah <clears throat> so uh this episode we will start with our topic of the week which is relationships because valentine's day and Honestly, I had no clue what to come up with until, what was it, yesterday I texted you, like, oh, how about this for the category? Yeah. Yeah, it was yesterday. (laughs) So, yeah, I was like, okay, well, Valentine's Day, let's, I don't do, like, just couples specifically, exactly, so let's talk about relationships. So, what are some of our favorite relationships that are in comic books? Who would like to go first? Not me. I screwed this up really bad. That'll be me, then. (laughs) So, I will start with possibly... Well, definitely one of the most famous relationships, and that's Batman and Catwoman. Um, what was it, 2017 or 2018 when they got quote-unquote married? I want to say it was 2018. They had a wedding issue. Right, where it was advertised, <laughs> like, oh, they're getting married. And yeah, we had that event at the store. We had an event at the store. It was on the 4th of July. Um, and turns out she left him at the altar because... Batman can't be Batman if he's happy. He has to be dark and birdie, according to Catwoman. Yeah. What does she know? <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. I no, mean, she's not, but I don't know. I was looking forward to that issue <clears throat> and was disappointed. But yeah. in general, their relationship has always been fun. Well, it's always been off and on. It's been fun to read. Yes, I'd say. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say it's always been fun, but it's been entertaining. We'll go with that. Yep. I always liked uh, in the um, Hush story arc where <coughs> he revealed who that Batman was Bruce Wayne to her, and her first comment was, you need to shave. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> that's... <laughs> she doesn't care. Like, yeah. No. no. But, yeah, I mean, and they have a current series, Batman and Catwoman. It's not my favorite. I'm hoping that they'll do better stuff with that, but... I will say the art's pretty good in it. The art is good. My biggest problem with it is it has, like, what, four different timelines that it just jumps around, like, page yeah. after page. The first yeah. issue, I was I'm like, what is going... You know, I just had no idea where it was going. Yeah. I'm hoping so. it'll get better. I yeah, I hope it gets better. It, right now, for me, it can't get much worse, so... And we'll you say it's like four issues in? How two far? issues in. Oh, okay. I believe yes. that. We only one two are out right now. Okay. I was going to say, once you hit issue three, if it's not going anywhere, that's real bad news. I know it's a 12-issue <laughs> series, too. So, it's a black label, so I don't know how continuity-based it is. Yeah, and I, 
I really think the first two issues were setup issues. I think it will pick up. I mean, I sure hope I so. I think it'll, it's going to read better in trade. I, my, I really do. My biggest problem is, again, the time that jumps back and forth through the times where it doesn't even say other than based off the art. And it's literally one page is like the beginning stage. Next page is the end of the relationship. Next page is yeah. the middle of their, like, it just jumps around and doesn't even say where they fall in line. You have to, it's up to you to figure it out. And I don't like it. But, yeah. But I don't know. It could just be me. Viewers and readers may enjoy it, but not for me. But the relationship of Batman and Catwoman, they've done several good stories and I expect them to do more. It would not surprise me if they end up doing, like, if they end up having their own kid later on just because that's what comic books do so who knows all right i went first so jerry gets to go next i'll go next <laughs> what the heck um mine is actually a specific issue it was a star wars the uh, valentine story it was back in 2003 so this is long before disney bought them um it was the rebels were uh, scouting the hoth planets for their new base and they had two ships that to go down and scout this place and both ships go in one is well first it starts out with han and leia bickering like they always do and leia actually sucker punches him once so <laughs> sounds was, like leia that was fun sounds like leia but uh she decides to go with han in one ship and chewie's flying the other one by himself so they both get hit in this snowstorm and they're both going down and they lose contact with each other. Uh, no, like, lo locator beacons are lit. And they're basically crash-landed on Hoth in a snowstorm. So to keep warm, Han and Leia are under a blanket, you know. There's no Tauntaun around, so they have nope. to use each other. Yeah. And Han did not cut her open, so. <laughs> <laughs> or Leia. Yeah. Leia did not cut her, him open either. Nope. She probably wanted to at times, but uh, Han was so worked up about Chewie being out there by himself, thinking Chewie's hurt and going to, you know, die and freeze to death. I mean, if anyone's built for Hoth, it's Chewie. Yeah, it's Chewie. But, uh, so she starts to see his caring side, you know, it's always, she's realizing that he's not all about him. Um, he's telling her great stories from him and Chewie's exploit, pretty much. And it's the first time that she really starts to see Han for Han. And the, really, the first time they start to fall in love with each other, pretty much. Well, he's not a scoundrel. Yeah. So, it was pre-Empire Strikes Back, right after The New Hope, so when she still thought he was a jerk. <laughs> but it ended up really good. They really bonded in that moment. And it was a fun issue. It was just a one-shot that Dark Horse put out back in 2003. And I still remember it from, there you, you know, go. it was that good of an issue. All right. So. All right, Laura. Yeah, that puts my stuff to shame. <laughs> it's Han and Leia. It's going to put everything <laughs> to shame. Yeah. <laughs> um. I looked into a little bit on the Silver Surfer and Don Greenwood because that was a relationship in the most recent Silver Surfer series. And uh, it was a little confusing, though, because it's kind of funny how the, the first issue starts out with the Silver Surfer is kind of being blackmailed into helping this character. I've already forgotten his name. And my notes are too extensive. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to take really good notes and know what's going on. And then I have so many notes I can't read it. Oh, there it is. I stalled enough. The incredulous Zed asked the Silver Surfer to help him out in, you know, the nicest way possible by kidnapping the most important woman in his life. And he's like, oh my gosh, leave Shalabal out of this. Leave my mom out of it. 
leave Alicia Masters out of this. And then he's like, who the hell's Dawn Greenwood? Like, why am I so worried about this lady? But then through time travel and all that stuff and in the Battle World series that had Doctor Doom and all that, they developed their relationship and then eventually the Silver Surfer did realize, oh, I am in love with Dawn Greenwood. This is the most important person in my life. And it took off. Right. And you guys haven't read any of it, so there's yep. nothing else to say. That's okay. I didn't read <laughs> Jared's either, so <laughs> that was that was before I started reading comic books, unfortunately. But yeah, that's so weird. I hey, I I did not know that Lima had a comic book store until 2008. I think that's about when I found out. Yeah, I think but. I bought this issue in a grocery store. Oh, there you go. So I didn't <laughs> yeah. know Lima had a comic book shop at that time either. Oh, yeah. That reminds me of forever ago when you said, I assume the farm is a store because it's written with a PH. It, it was essentially a grocery store. I thought so. <laughs> That's that where I got my first issue. Avid listeners, that was back when Laura wasn't here because she had to work. Yeah. All right. So next one on my list is the Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Um, it's, for me, it's hard to narrow it down to anything specific just because they were together as a couple for quite a while. And then it ends very poorly with them. Slight spoiler alert, maybe, if you're watching the WandaVision show. Um, because they end up breaking up and she goes crazy because of part of that. And she lost her kids that she sort of had with him, but didn't because she brought it into existence. And it's magic. It's weird stuff. But potentially it's the inspiration for the new or current WandaVision series on Disney+. And yeah, it's the power of love that makes her go crazy and have kids and then once she realizes the kids weren't actually real go even crazier and i don't know it's a mess but yeah for me i was like oh that's a pretty good power couple that she rewrote basically the entire marvel universe during house of m so like, that's a pretty powerful of powerful relationship that she had so this show could take a dark turn here pretty soon um if it it's may not have already. already yeah it may have already that's true <laughs> yeah um slight spoilers ish I know, like, it was, I think it was episode one of the season where she was having the dinner party with his boss, and one of the bottles of wine that was pouring was in French, but it basically roughly translates to House of Misery in French. So, House of Misery, House of M, eh, we might be stretching, I don't know, but it's hard to say. But there's definitely a lot of House of M similarities that I'm getting from the TV series to the comic book. Also in their relationship, I'm just fascinated that Vision is not human. Like he's he's, a he's an AI, right? A synthesoid? Okay. He's, I don't know what his exact title is, but just that he does seem to have feelings amazes me. Yeah, he is a synthetic robot or synthetic man. So robot-esque, I guess. I don't know. It's very like the whole them having kids. I don't think, well, part of it was she used magic to make kids. Yeah. So he didn't actually contribute anything biologically speaking that is <laughs> and which stone does he have again it was the mind stone i believe okay and that's in that was in the shows and movies though that i don't think that was the same case in the comic books oh okay My because mistake. in the comic books it was ultron that made him specifically to like infiltrate and take down the avengers versus he broke free of his coding and like all right he's on his own and yeah okay so i don't yeah he never actually had the infinity stone in his head as far as i know You're gonna have to reread some stuff yeah, it, I thought he did. But he I has. Could be dead wrong. He did have a jewel there that was like his. Uh, I think it's like basically a solar panel. 
Because <laughs> he's powered by sunlight. It's, it's his family jewels. <laughs> Effectively, he's powered by sunlight, and that's yeah. I believe that's where he absorbs his power and everything, and goes from there. So hmm. yeah, number two Didn't for me that. is Vision and Scarlet Witch. Look into stuff, and we actually have a trade at the store that's like the Vision and Wanda or Wanda and Vision trade paperback that is like some of the old stuff that actually has them as a relationship together. It would not, I haven't gone through it. it, would not surprise me if a lot of it is similar to what we're seeing because it, I believe part of it shows them like getting a house in the suburbs and everything. It's like, hmm, this seems like inspiration for the show and they just happen to re-release this trade out? What? <laughs> so. That's where the money's at. That's where the money's at. Yeah. All right, Jared, what's next on your list? I don't know, but I'll be checking that out probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, you work this Saturday, so. Yep. So, WandaVision's a good show. It has piqued my interest to buy some more of the comics. And I'm, I'm excited to watch tomorrow's episode. Yep, same here. So, uh, next on my list, I'm going back to my favorite. So, if you've listened to us before, you'll know why The Last Man. Um, I'll give you a quick rundown for those who haven't read it. Uh, Plague hits Earth, kills all males except for one man and his monkey. Um, this is about Yorick Brown, who is the male that survives, not the monkey. And Agent 355, she is a government agent that is tasked to protect him at, while getting him to their destination, which is to find Dr. Mann, who is a geneticist and cloning expert. Um, the he, Yorick's also trying to reunite with his girlfriend slash fiance. Like he had proposed to her over the phone as she was in Australia like right when the plague yeah, hits and, and like she they lost connection with the phone yeah and... so he doesn't know if she he that he does not know if she even like heard the proposal so in his mind yeah they're engaged but maybe not he's engaged to be engaged exactly <laughs> but uh through all their exploits they kind of fall in love and don't even realize it um she realizes it when she gets him to his girlfriend and it's like hard, very hard for her to say goodbye and everything and as he's with his girlfriend he realizes that he's in love with agent 355 so he goes back to her he's like all right bye girlfriend i'm out of here i'm going back to her there might be some other reasons too but i'm not going to go into those problems. yeah yep we're not going there <laughs> so it's very tragic and this story's older so and this is a spoiler but they profess their love for each other uh she whispers into his his ear her real name which is not in the comic panel so you don't really know her name then as a reader then tragedy happens and she gets shot in the head yeah so it was very tragic and just one of those shakespearean romances that doesn't end well and then they did time jump and i hated the ending but that's okay i liked the ending. i hated it it's like the walking dead ending but that's so, yeah i mean yeah I yeah, guess, I should say The Walking Dead is like this ending since this was first. Yeah, I will say this: the ending was severely rushed. Like they had issue fifty nine is still going with the story. Issue sixty time jump and it's over. Yeah, like it just happened to end. Uh, so yeah. I think they could have done a little bit more. They could have stretched it out for another, I think, even ten issues to get a solid ending. But I liked the ending in general. Yeah, or at least I don't know, like. For me, it just jumped to the ending. Like, the final issue even could have been on 60 still. But like, all right, five years, 10 years, 15 years, like like three yeah. pages of each one just to show the progress. Like, yeah. Okay, that would be more satisfying than it's, just boom, jump, and then done. Yeah. I mean, it, it, ended, it ended with Yorick, young clone, meeting Yorick, the old man. Right. And, yeah, it was 
But it's I liked it though. Even yeah, even without without me liking the ending, still well worth the read. You should check it out. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. agree. But that uh, that relationship, I always that was always one of my favorites in comics in general. Yeah, so. I definitely like it when they they build something up and you don't even notice that it's happening. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, they are in love. And it was <laughs> it was a process, you know. Mm-hmm. It was really good all the way through. All right, Laura. Oh, it's to me. Yep. So I was kind of trying to think the example you gave was, oh, relationships like Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Wolverine. So I was trying to think of people who had multiple relationships and how those kind of fed into each other too. Almost so, like a love triangle type of thing. Sometimes, although I guess this definitely is not. But the the next like series I thought of was Aunt May from, obviously I had to get a Spider-Man reference in somewhere. And her first pivotal relationship obviously was Uncle Ben, um, Parker. Did not end well. Yeah. Yeah, they (laughs) they did till death do us part, so she was committed. Yeah. And then, I forget how many years after that, but she got into a relationship with Nathan Lubinsky, who was someone who, I forget if she met him in a nursing home, something like that. I forget if she was in the nursing home or she was, like, volunteering, and he ended up getting to some gambling debts and all this crazy stuff happened, and I feel like Peter never liked this guy. Of course, who can replace Uncle Ben? Of course he's... Like, who are you? Why? What do you have real intentions to be with my Aunt May? Very protective, I'm sure Peter was. And he, I guess, spoilers from 50 years ago, Nathan dies, gets out of the picture. And most recently, May was in a relationship with Jay Jameson. Or was it? Jonah Jameson Sr. Yeah, okay. But he goes by Jay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because his his name's actually J-A-Y. Jay. Okay, yeah. Actually, is Jay Jonah Jameson also Jay, or is he John? Or is it? I don't know. But there's. Okay. But it wasn't the newspaper editor. It was his yeah. dad. It was yeah. his dad. Yes. So that then Peter and Jay Jonah Jameson are brothers-in-law, I think. Or wait, no, they're not because sorry, Peter's not her son. I don't know exactly what they are, but they were sort of almost related in a tangential way. John but, Jonah Jameson. That's what the J stands for. My bad. Okay, Since, I thought so yeah. because. JJ, Jay's son, is named John Jameson. I thought he was junior. I can't remember now. I think he's the third. Yeah. The astronaut. The third. Okay. I'm pretty sure the astronaut's then, the third. Okay, so he's also a J then. Yes. Oh, this got confusing. <laughs> why, why did I bring this up? Why do I do these things this, to myself? This is all Stanley's fault. He likes alliteration yeah. And, yeah. and letters. Yeah, he said it was so he could remember which names go with what. <laughs> so if the letters Thanks. go together appreciate it <laughs> rr reed richards okay Gloria jj Grant. jonah jameson cool betty brant peter, peter parker parker yep steven yep. strange yep there's a whole bunch so yeah uh aunt may has had many relationships and they tend to end in tragedy come to think of it so i mean to be fair her age is old but that fluctuates on how old and frail she is depending on who's writing and everything but mm. like that happens and Good on you, Aunt May, for getting some. There you go. <laughs> Just don't read the book Trouble. That's bad, Aunt May. Yeah. I wasn't even going to bring that up, though. <laughs> I had to just because That was a bad me. story, it too. It was really yeah. bad. You like, guys talking about how bad it was made me actually buy it, and you weren't kidding. Oh, don't bad. go buy that one. <laughs> or, if you're listening, don't go buy it. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Go online. Buy it, or find a PDF. Download it. Sure. Like, I'm not usually one to promote no, piracy, but... don't even do that. Yeah. That's, it's not Why worth it. Why even pirate it? Because it's so bad. It's like a train wreck. Sometimes you want to see how bad it is. I did, and it, it still wasn't worth it. 
Trust us, people. Trust us. (laughs) Let us be your heroes this week. Don't do it. (laughs) Just say no to trouble. (laughs) I forgot about that segment. Uh, You have time. It'll be fine. Hint. I forgot to. All right. So moving on, I will do my final relationship pick of the week slash Valentine's Day slash whenever, uh, where it's Moira McTaggart and Charles Xavier. This is a couple that have flirted with each other for a long time. Sometimes they actually do get together. Sometimes they don't. It depends on what era it is, what time they're writing, um, whether Charles wants to be with the X-Men or if he wants to like, all right, I'm going to go visit her on her island and blah, blah, blah. But specifically, what brought this to mind was two years ago, I think it was two years ago now, because COVID, the, the whole break throws me off. But they did House of X and Powers of X, where you find out Moira McTaggart is not what they've said that she has been for the last 80 years or whatever. And they actually show that she is a mutant. She has regenerative powers, sort of, where she can reincarnate herself as where she was when she was born originally. So she lives through the whole timeline. When she dies, she resets to go back to the beginning, like is stuck in like Groundhog's Day of life, lifetimes. Hmm. And within that, she recently, in this most current timeline, she says to Charles, like, hey, this is everything that's happened over the past however many generations and reincarnations. Read my mind. You can see what's going on. We have to fix this. And we get what we have now, which is the Dawn of X era, where all the mutants are on their own island called Krakoa, and they have their own sovereign nation. They have cures for humanity, but they have to, all the humans have to treat them as their own nation and a whole bunch of weird stuff. But yeah, I like it because it basically put a hard reset on all X-Men stuff. Saying, like, all right, no matter what's ever happened, reset. This is a jumping on point. Go from here. It's actually a decent way to reset things and yeah. kind of do a reboot. Now, it still was kind of weird with the regular continuity of everybody else. Like, oh, well, now they're all their own, but whatevs. And and we'll just go with it. We'll roll with it as it is. And yeah, House and Powers of X, definitely a phenomenal book. And that's what made me pick Moira and Charles, because if it wasn't for them, this wouldn't be happening. And we have all mutants that can be reborn and regenerated, because if they die, they'll just clone the bodies and make new ones so so is that what's happened to her she kind of regenerates like the krakoans are able to not okay well sorry i got i got lost since house and powers of x she hasn't done anything really she like just went into hiding again because the theory is this is actually her last reincarnation within Mm. all that timelines so i don't know what's going on with that theoretically if she dies they can be like all right we'll just reboot because they are using uh cerebro to back up everyone's consciousness Sally, if you okay. die, we'll clone your body, then import your consciousness from your your backup into your body, and you'll remember where you left off at. Now, sorry if this is a spoiler. Didn't they discover that that wasn't working 100% of the time? Um, sort of. Okay, just checking. Um, but I think they fixed it, so yeah, it's still... Okay. That's their still mm-hmm. go-to plan of, if you die, no problem, we'll regenerate you, and then be good from there. And it has really reset House, uh, House of M where Wanda said no more mutants, that when the people are regenerating, they're actually able to mess with the body. So that way, if you didn't have mutant abilities, you'll die, respawn, and you actually have your original mutant abilities that you had before House of M undid your powers. So like there's a gladiatorial combat that they do in on Krakoa that if you want to die, I guess, you it's trial by combat. If you die, then all right, you're dead, but we'll respawn you, and then we'll have your body fully restored, including your powers. So it's an honorable way to die. So you're not just committing suicide, and then you get your full powers when you come back. I was going to say, at that point, just 
you know, let the other person kill you. Then you come back with powers. Right. And they were using Apocalypse as the ultimate gladiator. Like, you had to fight him, and he would kill you, and then respawn, and fine. So, because apparently Apocalypse is like, sure, I just want to kill people. Then you might be able to get to punch Apocalypse, so. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it may not do much, but at least you get to say you did it. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah. Moira McTaggart and Charles Xavier, they set off House and Powers of X and the current X-Men era. It's been pretty good. All right, Jared, what's your final one? My final one was uh, Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon. No surprise there. Yep. I think you could have seen that one coming a mile away. Um, Mine was actually more of a specific issue also. It was back in the Nightwing series, Nightwing Annual number two. Right before Infinite Crisis, Dick Grayson proposes to Barbara Gordon, and they become engaged. And then they have infinite, like he takes off right away, right after their engagement, pretty much, and goes off to fight the bad guys during Infinite Crisis. And during that, Alexander Luther, one from another Earth, uh, shoots some energy beams at Batman, trying to kill him. Well, Nightwing dives in front of Batman and takes a shot right to the chest and almost dies. Well, Wonder Woman uh, escorts him back to Barbara and Dr. Midnight, I believe. And they were able to patch him up and save his life. Well, he's, you know, took an energy blast, so he's been unconscious for three weeks. So he wakes up, and Barbara starts to coach him back to, you know, health and getting his body back in shape and letting nerve endings, you know, reattach and all of that stuff. But during that, he's always apologizing for something stupid he did in the past or, you know, just being remorseful all the way around. And they keep having flashbacks to when they were younger because, you know, they have 60 years worth of history to build off of. And some of it was, you know, newer. They touch base on something that may have happened back in like the 60s and 70s. But uh, she starts to get enough with it and basically says, you need to fix yourself before we can get married. You know, so she breaks off the engagement and he vows that once he's uh, back to being himself and, you know, not remorseful for all of his actions, he'll come back for her. Then they rebooted the universe. So (laughs) it's all meaningless. Never had to pay off that one. But it was such a fun issue because they kept uh, going back and forth with um, his training and Barbara, you know, nursing him back to health and coaching him and stuff back to when they were teenagers or... Um, it showed how there was strife with Batman and him joining the Teen Titans, how that affected her and their relationship and how they drifted apart and came back together. Uh, her crippling by the Joker, how he came back from that, you know, how he reacted and everything like that. So it was a fun issue. It was one of my favorites in the Nightwing run. All right, and Laura, what is your final relationship drama? I thought about the kingpin wilson fisk and vanessa i don't know what her maiden name was but vanessa fisk because they get married eventually um the main version of their relationship that i really enjoy the most is actually from the into the spider verse movie where most of the premise of the movie i felt was the kingpin is trying to find a timeline where she doesn't leave him for being the kingpin and i thought that was that said a lot about him that he realized in that movie that all this stuff and all this power wasn't what he wanted he wanted Vanessa like that was I guess his kryptonite sort of thing and in a lot of other issues I feel like in the comics she's mainly a background issue I don't even know if she's there in the current series like I think she's dead okay I don't know for sure that seems highly likely but I know in like the cartoon she was kind of a background character 
I think that she threw a fit and like packed her bags and left once and that made him extra angry but I don't know that he actually stopped being the kingpin and tracked her down in that. It's just sad that I don't remember that for sure but I'm pretty sure she just left and stormed off. Am I imagining it or did Daredevil try to kill her to like mess with the kingpin? I don't remember if he tried to kill her but I... Wasn't there something I'm, there? Maybe he tried to make her seem dead. Because I, I wouldn't, I don't think Daredevil should be killing sort of innocent or maybe bystanders. Maybe he was just but trying I'm sure to convince he her, her that he was evil or something like that. I remember there was yeah. a story arc somewhere about that. Oh, I was starting to think of the, the TV series. Yeah, the, oh, that could be. Maybe yeah, that's what Netflix I'm thinking show. of. Yeah, that could yeah, be. Because I, I know she was a character in that as well, and that was that was well done. I think. Um, but I also forget where where they ended up. I feel like at one point. Maybe Daredevil did convince her, hey, this guy is is the kingpin. Like, he's doing some nefarious things, and maybe you don't want to hang out with him and maybe get invested. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that happened. Do you remember, Alex? It's I, been a while since I, I watched that I don't remember. I don't think I actually watched... We haven't watched any of the shows after the Defenders crossover, so I don't know the final season, what all they did with him. Oh, I didn't even... I forgot about that. Yeah. But, mm. So, so I, there's I, more Daredevil. I never even finished the series, so I don't know. You're going to be off for a little while, so well, now's your time to catch up on those. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, have a, I have other shows I care about and games that I need to play, but that's not here or there. And I have a stack of books for you, too. We'll see. Anyway. No, well, it it still exists, whether you want to read it or not. <laughs> moving on. Let's talk, Speaking of books, let's talk about our favorite books that came out this week. Uh, that is Wednesday, February 10th, those books that they came out. Um, and because Jared took off for two weeks, Jared, you get to go first with your honorable mention of books this week. Okay, so my honorable mention, I'll go with honorable mention first, not my pick. That's what I like to do, build up the hype yep. of the, the pick of the week. So I'm going to go with Darth Vader number 10. This was a fun issue. It has a character that Vader's kind of like arguing with and he's trying to kill Vader by sending a crap ton of TIE fighters at him, and they just get obliterated. So it's fun to see Darth Vader being Darth Vader. But it's... Ah, spoilers. No spoilers. I don't um, want to give spoilers. Um, it reminds me a lot of the book, remember a few years back, they did Vader Down? Yes, where a little bit. He's like, oh, you're surrounded, you're going to die. All I'm surrounded by is fear. And dead men. Dead men. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, there's bad stuff. Basically... If you go against Vader in the comic books, you're going to die because we know he survives. Unless I would love it if they would change. Like, no, he died. But the Vader we see in the movies is a clone. I would love to see them do that. Oh, my God. that would Just to see the fanfare. Yeah, like, no kidding. They'll be super angry. But at least like, hey, we've already proven there's clones in Star Wars, including the Emperor. So why not clone Vader? Yeah. But there's a creature that he fights in this that's like the apex predator, like the best hunter of all creatures and... Vader basically uses the... F he bends it to his will. Yeah, pretty much. Trying to stay away from spoilers. But this was a fun issue. I really liked it. And he's still... If you've been reading it, he still has his, like, droid arms. And he still has all of his repairs and everything. He is not the true Vader that we know at the top of the game. He's scrap pieces. Yeah. He's like cobbled. Yeah. He's but, very scrappy. And this is him kind of... I don't know. I thought it was his first steps from the dark to the light. It's, Without giving it's, showing, many, yeah. it's showing possible glimpses of light. Yeah. So. I, I was envisioning like seizures and flashes. Oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Epileptic. Nope. 
All right, so, so that is Vader number 10. 10. All right, uh, let's go the same order-ish. So, Laura, what is your honorable mention for the week? I think, I think I'm going to honorable mention my Spider-Man because Spider-Man. I always have to talk about Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man number 59 was kind of getting out of the kindred rut. I mean, there's still some kindred in here, but I felt like that last story dragged on and didn't have the payout I was hoping for. And I feel like now they're getting back to setting up some things and picking up some pieces that they'd mentioned forever ago, which luckily they showed some flashback panels. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that ever happened. So it's a good thing they they reminded us that basically the Kingpin is still trying to track down the tablets of life and destiny and death and entropy which I'd completely forgotten that there even was a tablet of death and entropy. And he's using Mr. Negative to help himself to that end. And we're going to see where that goes. And a little side story happening in here, too, was Norman is reaching out to his grandson, Normie, and I'm really curious where that's going to go. Is Norman really somewhat reformed and trying to do something nice for his grandson, or is there a big scheme happening again? That was Amazing Spider-Man number 59. So, so this issue makes me think that Vanessa is dead. That makes me think that's why Kingpin wants all that stuff, is so you can possibly revive her. Mm. Slight spoilers, but not really, because it's just speculation. I don't know. I don't yeah, actually I don't know, think that's but, a spoiler. But that's my theory of why he's trying to do that, is because I think Vanessa is dead in the comics, and he's trying to bring her back. And again, this issue has great cover art. I gotta say, like, the last five issues of Amazing Spider-Man, the covers have been phenomenal. I really like the way... The art that they're doing on the covers yeah there was a panel inside too that made me stop and go oh who is this guy which makes me want to remember again who is this guy oh the cover was mark bagley john dell and nathan fairbairn and the inside penciler is marcelo ferreira anchors wayne fachari yeah i think that's close enough so yeah that's who's, yeah. who's doing it <laughs> all right blame them and I'll move on to my honorable mention, which is Scout's Honor number two. Um, if you remember, we talked about the first issue when it first came out, where it came with the patch. This issue comes with the patch too, while supplies last. I know, unfortunately, our store were sold out of the or we're out of the patches for issue number two. It is what it is, but oh well. It's still a cool book, even without the patches. Where this is a, it's following a society that it's like post-apocalyptic, but these this group of survivors are still still around and they worship basically the Boy Scouts manual as their Bible, more or less. And it follows this main character, I forget their name. Kit. Kit. Yeah. Where she is a Boy Scout, but that is forbidden. So she is keeping her spoiler. I mean it's the end of issue one, so it is what it is. That's how this issue starts. Not spoiling this issue. No. <laughs> um where she is trying to run around and not get caught as like being a girl because chances are if she gets caught she's gonna die yeah i think they said that's one of the rules in the scout book is girls don't get to do it no girls allowed this is the boys club yeah um but yeah it is weird and it's not as dark and apocalyptic as i would think but it's still relatively dark i mean we think of society falling and worshiping the boy scout manual but there's definitely some intrigue to see who knows what's going on with why this society's here and all that and yeah it's pretty good i don't there's really not a whole lot i can say that isn't spoilers for it but you should check it out i subscribe to it because after issue two or three the the odds of them being on the wall for us are very limited so hey if you like these books or any books add them to your pull list 
because you never know when they won't be on the wall anymore for you. Scout's Honor is a fun read. I was pleasantly surprised with the first issue. This issue, I thought, was a great follow-up. It's, I, a, it's a quick read, too. Yeah. And that's and that's not criticizing it like, oh, it's short. No, it feels like it, it went through a lot in that yeah. little bit of the time. Yep. And it's fun. Yeah. So. All right, Jared. Speaking of fun things, what okay. is your pick of the week? So my pick of the week um, was Teen Titans Future State number two. And... If you remember at the end of the last issue, Nightwing puts on Deathstroke's mask and is kind of gone off the rails. So and he's released Red X. Yes. Um, it starts out with an actual funny joke, I thought. Very corny, uh, very Beast Boyish. I'm not going to say it, uh, but he gets interrupted before they actually finish the writing. Yeah, um, I like that one too. So uh, Starfire calls him Deathwing. And Beast Boy says, I would have picked and it's, um, Nightwing's alter ego's first name plus Deathstroke's last, the, the second part of his name. Right. So I I actually chuckled at that. I'm like, oh, that's he, funny. He calls him, he would call him Dick Grayson in Deathstroke. So. Yes. So we're going to keep the show PG yeah. still. So we're not actually going to put that together. Right. Hey, if but, you want to edit the, if you, the listener wants to edit that and catch the emphasis that I put out, that's on you. Yeah. I was just saying his name. The mic was just weird. No, it did weird emphasis. I have no yep. control over that. No control at all. See, I think that's still PG 13, but yeah. it could be, but I don't want to push it. So <laughs> why well, risk it? Yep. It's still innuendo at best. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all need to just read the book. Yep. But, uh, this, Kind of has the creatures that they're fighting was the four horsemen. I think that's okay to spoil because I don't think that was at the end of the last issue. But it's taken over some of the bodies of the Teen Titans characters. And it really seems to be crossing over in the Flash comics also. Because one of them, it's not really a spoiler that Wally West is kind of evil right now. And they're kind of wondering what he is and everything. Well, it kind of tells you what he is in this. And it's basically the team trying to give Raven enough time to do her thing. And it ends very surprisingly. I'm kind of skipping ahead so I don't give spoilers because I really like this issue. But you should check it out. And Shazam's there. So, okay, I'm done. No spoilers. There's a lot of <laughs> yes. There's a lot of Titans that are in that. Yes, there are. It was very good. It was very well written. I really enjoyed it. I think this has been DC's Future State's best story, in my opinion. All right. The Batman stuff's been good, but this one has been top-notch for me. We'll see how Nightwing issue two goes. Because issue one of Nightwing was really yeah. good, too. Oh, yeah, that so, was really good. I, okay, I, maybe not this one. Like, I forgot about Nightwing, because that it, was really that good. That was so good. Yeah. But uh, this is leading up to DC's new... Era? Yeah, I new guess. era. I can't remember what they're actually calling it. There's like three ads in yeah. each one. I forget. I don't have the book in front of me, so I don't remember what they were called, but... Hold on, I'm flipping through right now. Infinite Frontier. Infinite Frontier is what they're doing yeah. post-Future State. And there is a Teen Titans Academy coming March 2021. So I will probably be pulling that just because I want to see the follow-up to this. And I like the Teen Titans. I always have. All right. Laura, what is your pick of the week? I think I'm going to choose Black Panther number one as my pick. Although it's a King little... King and Black. Oh, sorry. King and Black. Black Panther number one. Um, so There's obviously a it's a, a crossover, double king, double black, single panther. There we go. Unless you want to count Bast as a panther, I forget. Um, this, 
inside this book, they parallel the story of what's actually happening with the ancient myth of the story of Bast and Anasazi. And that was an interesting read once you get inside there. So definitely read this to catch what the heck I'm talking about. This one is tough to describe without spoilers. So it's a rough review for Pick of the Week. But it was really good. So I think y'all need to try to, to fight through this and see how Chala and Sir Shuri are fighting to observe and adapt and get through the symbiote invasion that's getting to Wakanda now. It's broken through their barriers and all this, and they're all shocked because they're like, we're so technologically advanced. How did this happen? Like, how are they getting in? And there's a surprise that happens to one of the main characters and once you see that, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till they make a fun co-pop of this. I need her. So So yeah. if you're a fan of Keen Black and reading it, this is a must-have. Yeah, I think Black Panther would be good for fans, too, because he's in it. Like, he, he does a good job. And is it Shuri or Suri? Shuri. Shuri. Okay. Um, it's T'Challa and Shuri. Yeah, the, the sister princess. She's well represented, too, I feel. Who will quite possibly, more than likely, be the next Black Panther in the cinematic universe. Since Chadwick Boseman died. Oh, I didn't think about that. Okay. All right. And moving on from that, I'll go to my pick of the week. My pick of the week is The Last Witch number two. This is a five-issue miniseries um, where there's some weird mysticism going on in this village. It is a boombox title, so it is a um, for-all-ages book. It's very similar to the book Wind, which we talked about a lot last year, which is a lot of our favorite books of the week, books of the week as they came out last year, where it's whimsical, but not too whimsical and a little bit grounded, where the first issue, it seemed like nothing happened, but it was still good. This one made up for that, like everything happened and it was still good also. <laughs> like there was so much that happened in this, but not to the point where like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. It, just, it was really well paced. And when I done reading, it's like, oh, cool. A lot happened in that. Where the main girl, she is looking for her brother, which was abducted or disappeared on her. And finds out that she may or may not have some magical powers. The title of the book is The Last Witch. So, I mean, come on. Um, but that's like spoiler territory, so. It's a background character. He's the witch, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's very good. It's very heartfelt where she, a lot of her power is emotion-based and... When you threaten her brother, she gets emotional, and yeah, it, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's a five-issue miniseries. It's, I added it to our poll list. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, yeah, this is probably like one of my first boombox stories that i like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, I like the line in the story about how she was exploring her powers, and they talked about how the witches have earth, wind, fire, and water, and there's one that you're like going to naturally have better. And they're like, okay, think about each of the elements. And when she gets to her, she's like, boom, her her power really takes off. So I thought that was a good part of it, too. Yeah. All right. So those are our honorable mentions and picks of the week for this week. Now to the segment that everyone forgets, but all the viewers love because I tell them that they love it, which is our Heroes of the Week. Jared, you actually look like you almost figured one out. I've got one ready to go. All right, Jared. So Came you up start. with literally about 30 seconds ago. There you go. Jared, I'm going to go with go Beast Boy for coming up with that funny joke that actually made me chuckle. <laughs> That's a pretty good it's one. A good Read one. Teen Titans Future State number two to find out what I'm talking about. 
All right. Laura, do you have a hero of the week? I think I'm going to cop out because I have a question, too. Did we talk about Radiant Black? Didn't someone say? Oh, was that Mark's pick? That was Mark's pick of the week. Oh, okay. That's why I marked it. And I was like, oh, I won't mention this one because I thought someone else was going to. Um, That was a new title that came out that I probably should have given some honorable mention. So I'll make Kyle Higgins, who wrote Radiant Black number one, my hero. Because he did a really good job in the Facebook Live last night of answering my question about the coding that was in the front page of his book and how it's actually a whole special language that they came up for to use inside this new series. And I'm excited to see what else they're going to do with this like pseudo-internet coding stuff. And my Hero of the Week will be Pikachu, because I can't think of anything right now, but we have a life-size Pikachu costume. I can see its head sticking over the wall over there. Like, you know what? That was fun. The one day when I just wore it to work and... Uh, I was like, right, I'll just wave at cars that are driving by because it's fun and why not? And a lot of people beeped and waved and seemed to have a good time. So I didn't realize you wore it outside. Yeah. I thought you wore it in the store. Yeah, I was there that day. He was out there for – it was during um, it was election. election day or it was, when people were voting. Yeah. So he went and hang out with the line. It was for... like the Saturday before elections. The store was slowish. I was like, you know what? I want to take this outside and wave at people and I had a good time and – yeah. All right. Yeah, you were out there for like a half an hour or 45 minutes or something I, and like that. Normally, I am super warm in that costume, but that was a, a brisk day and it was fine wearing Pikachu the entire time. So, yeah, I'm with Pikachu as my hero of the week because why not? He brought joy to people's faces. That exactly. Day. <laughs> Maybe you should do that this Saturday. It's going to be brisk again. Uh, no, this is going to be downright cold, not brisk. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, so with that, we'll say thank you for everybody for listening. Thank you for downloading and or sharing or streaming or however you listen to it. As long as you listen to it and enjoy it, that's all I care about. It's fun for us to do it, and hopefully you guys have fun listening as well. Edit point. Are we doing this next week, or that's your surgery, right? Yep. Okay. Then maybe the next week? Sure. Okay. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how you feel. And we'll see. Maybe like I'll we'll be back next week. Maybe okay. not. I'm not going to edit that part out because why not? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I just was going to point out if, you, if we weren't doing it next week that yeah. there will be no episode next week. Yeah, we will not be doing, for sure, not doing an episode next week because I'm going to have surgery and I'm not going to want to sit here and edit, possibly inebriated because of pain drugs. I don't know what's going to happen. So, Although, if you are on all those pain drugs, maybe it would be a good idea to have this podcast and see what you say. Well, I don't know how well I should be going up and down stairs also. I well, don't know. That's true. We don't want to push you. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Wait, don't don't we want to push him? Like, we can get you down the stairs. Let's get you back up. That's going to be a bitch. For every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. So if you get me down the stairs, you have to get me up the stairs, too. So Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll just move all this stuff upstairs. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, good luck with your surgery. Uh, thank you. Week. Thank you. I hope it'll go well. Sorry, Mark, that I'll be out for I don't know how long it works. And sorry for our customers that won't get to, get to miss out on my lovely joy the entire time I'm gone, too. Give but, them your phone number. Yeah, not quite that much. I've, like I said <laughs> earlier, I have enough video games and TV shows and everything else that'll keep me entertained that I'll be fine. But assuming the surgery goes well, here's the hoping that my hernia, for the record, it's a hernia surgery. It should be relatively minor, but you never know. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for the well wishes, I hope. Maybe, I don't know. Or curse you for your bad wishes. I don't know. Um, yeah. We'll see you next time that we have a new episode or just come inside the store and say hey. So, thanks for listening and have a good one. <laughs>